Welcome back to part two of uh, this episode of Coastal Elites. I almost said this very special episode of Coastal Elites, uh, like we were doing. But uh, in in all fairness, um, Brandon and I have recorded together like 75 times in the past week. Um, (laughs) Just bonus episodes and uh, just trying to stay on top of shit. so now for the reason that uh, you are all probably here. Uh, last night, there was a leaked um, opinion from the Supreme Court uh, that basically said that there is nothing in the Constitution uh, that mentions abortion. So Roe v. Wade uh, is not a protected uh, constitutional Right um, in in this leaked opinion, uh, the loving decision was also mentioned. Uh, the gay marriage decision was also mentioned. Um, the uh, I believe uh, something about co living mm-hmm. uh, was meant. There were there were a lot of um, court cases that were mentioned um, that basically just gave a preview um, for conservatives to take their pick on um, what to go after next. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, this podcast is hosted by two gay men. Um, More importantly than that, um, you know, Brandon, Brandon is a black gay man i am a white gay man uh neither of us have a uterus um so this particular opinion may not affect us directly but you know anything that affects you know anyone with a uterus, any sort of marginalized community, especially for me as, as a white gay man, because I present as a white man first. It affects me because, you know, yes, being a white man will protect me in the end, but I can't be a good friend to Brandon. I can't be, um, you know, a good leader to this media company and podcast network that I've created with the help of people. You know, the the majority of the hosts on this network are women. Mm-hmm. And if someone comes after them, you know, they're, they're family to me and it becomes personal. You know, those are, those are my people. These are my people. So if I, as a white man first, don't step in and use my privilege to say this shit's not right, you know, it's time to fuck shit up. Then, you know, what is, what is the point of me? That's, that's my soapbox. Ah, there's so much to say. I, 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 my, my head has been in like a cloud today because I've just been thinking about everything that could possibly be. 
as a result of this. Um, the fact that Roe v. Wade was a- actually decided, up, decided upon and established based on the right to privacy. And for the conservative Supreme Court, mind you, six conservatives, three liberals, and even when Kentanji ascends to the court later this summer, it's still going to be six conservatives, three liberals. And Roberts, who is a conservative and was appointed by George W. Bush, um, originally to replace um, Sandra Day O'Connor. But when um, the former chief justice, I can't remember his name right now, but yeah. when he passed away, then he was nominated to fill that position. Um, Rehnquist, uh, mm. William Rehnquist. Um <clears throat> You know, he's he's a conservative as well. And people say, well, he's a good conservative. No, he's not. He's the one that led the charge to gut the Voting Rights Act. Yeah. Let's let's be honest, you know. Um, <clears throat> but um, this has been heavy on me um, because, uh, you know, you said so eloquently, Greg, you know, that this podcast network is majority women. Right. Um, everyone on this podcast network is a minority in some sense or in some way, shape or form. Um, I think about, you know, my niece, my sister, you know, my, my women cousins, my female friends, so on and so forth. And one of the, I've, I've, I've heard the stories about what it was like when abortion was illegal in this country. Women, you know, doing it themselves with coat hangers and back alleys and bleeding out and bleeding to death and so on and so forth. So what Roe v. Wade did was to make abortion safe because poor women, you know, they couldn't fly off overseas, you know, to spend the summer away because they got in a little trouble um as you know the wealthier white people could have done and which they will still do you know if this um draft decision actually becomes reality and one thing that i do want to say is that hillary clinton was right about everything Mm -hmm. she predicted this in the 2016 election she said the next person to be the president has the potential to choose four justices to the supreme court for justices, because we have to remember that McConnell, who was majority leader at the time in the Senate, he was holding up Barack Obama's nominee. Yep. And then because Scalia had just had died in 2016, he had died. So that was an opportunity for the court to become, um, what was it, um, five four liberal actually. Yeah. But you know, but that was held up. It was held up because McConnell became leader. But why did McConnell become the leader? Because in the previous midterm, Democrats lost eight or nine seats in that midterm. And they lost the majority. So Harry Reid was no longer the majority leader. So they lost those seats in that midterm. And then we're still having ramifications of, you know, different Republican presidents picking conservative justices because if we go back to the year 2000, George W. Bush was elected president, took office in 2001, then Sandra Day O'Connor re- retired, and then Rehnquist died. So he got to pick two. 
at that time period. And then we can talk about all the the reasons why this is happening or why they're able to pick these justices and, and, and then Democrats are left, you know, not being able to really pick the justices that they deserve um, is because voters do not consider, the Democrat voters do not consistently vote like they should. They're not as disciplined in their voting. We have chaos agents all over the place wanting to keep people from voting and that's going to affect marginalized individuals like myself and Greg and other people that are on this podcast network. Yeah. Had we turned out and voted properly in 2000 and Al Gore would have been president, then he would have been able to pick some justices, right? Then he likely would have probably been reelected in 2004. But minus that, forget that, had we protected the majority in 2010 for Barack Obama, then maybe Ruth Bader Ginsburg would have felt comfortable to retire. You know, maybe, we don't know. Yeah. But I want to say this, stop saying it's her fault because she didn't retire. It's not. The fault lies squarely at the, at the feet of the voters that were apathetic and refused to actually go to the polls. This lies directly square at the feet of Bernie Sanders, who worked his butt off to kneecap Hillary Clinton in the 2016 presidential election who also said that um, Planned Parenthood was the establishment. Who also said that um, people are too worried about identity politics and too worried about, and I quote, the abortion thing, mm -hmm. and that we should focus more on the economic problems that bring us all together. And that's bullshit. And that's the way of him is saying, I don't care about that stuff that affects black people and women. I wanna promote and protect white men. <laughs> I don't care about gay folks. <laughs> I wanna protect straight white people or straight white men. Um, so it's, it's, it's just ridiculous. Um, and then people are saying, well, Democrats have a trifecta right now. They could codify Roe v. Wade and get rid of the filibuster. Uh -uh. Technically, we have 48 Democrats in the Senate. 48 Democrats. Two who are not really all that loyal when it comes to killing the filibuster um, to pass Voting Rights Act and to codify Roe v. Wade. So 48. And then you have two independents that caucus with the Democrats. That means they vote with them. So that 48 plus two, along with Vice President Kamala Harris, who is a tie-breaking vote, gives Democrats a 51 to 50, quote-unquote, majority in the, in the Senate, which is very small. In order to override a filibuster, 60 votes have to, um, have to be, um, it has to be fixed or, or, or voted on and passed by 60 votes, right? There are not enough Republicans that are willing to cross over and join the Democrats there's not 10 that's willing to join the Democrats to make that happen. I mean, look at the um, confirmation of um, soon to be Justice Ketanji Brown Jackson. We were fucking lucky to get those three. Thank you. And she's the one of the most qualified justices 
the ever. most qualified the most. in over a generation. Over a generation. She's more qualified than everyone that currently sits on the Supreme Court. Boom. Think about that. And we had to, like, Democrats had to fight tooth and nail to get three Republicans. Republicans. Three Republicans to vote for. Like, it's, 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 it's just, it's asinine to sit up here and for people to be on Twitter to say, well, they, they need to do better and they need to, no, what you should have done is you should have gotten off your ass in 2016 or in 20, um, in, in 2010 or in 2014 and ensure that the Democrats had a majority in the Senate yeah. and in the House. That's what you all should have done. But then, it, but, but you, you won't that purity, that purity shit. Yeah. I need my Medicare for all. You need to forgive my student loans. Republicans don't give a fuck about your student loans. Yes. They don't. And it's also important to note, uh, going, going back to um, the, the confirmation that uh, we, we got those three votes um, because of two people. Uh, one of them being uh, Senator Amy Klobuchar, mm-hmm. the other being um, the chair of the Senate Judiciary Committee, Dick Durbin, Dick Durbin, because in instances like this where you're trying to get something important through, mm-hmm. it is the job of the chair of the committee to whip those votes. Yes. Okay. Keeping that in mind. Um. The $15 minimum wage was a big deal at the start of this administration, um, and that couldn't get passed um, because there were not um, the votes. We didn't we didn't have the 60 votes to have that be a part of the reconciliation package. Um, The the chair of the uh, committee. The 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 financial committee i'm not i'm not sure what that particular committee is called um is the senator from vermont we didn't get those votes because the chair of that committee didn't do their job say his name who didn't do his job senator bernie sanders okay is the chair of that committee his job is to whip the votes to get the shit passed and he didn't do his job because he's lazy. You know, instead, he laid it at the feet of the president and the vice president to override the parliamentarian and go through all these loopholes and, you know, talk about executive orders that, you know, this court's about to strike down abortion rights and God knows what else in the in the next couple of months. And y'all are talking about throwing executive orders out that are going to get one lawsuit. Mm-hmm. One lawsuit is all it takes yes. to hold that shit up for 20, 25 years and, until, you know, God forbid, the next Republican president takes over. It's, it's crazy. I don't think people understand executive orders. I don't think they understand. They only last as long as that particular president is in office. And they can easily be overturned by courts, as you said, Greg, based on lawsuits. So let's say if President Biden does forgive people's student loan debt, 
for do executive order. If one of those student loan um, lenders decides to sue, then guess what happens? It goes to the court. The court can strike it down, and guess what? Payments start back automatically. Yep. It's. I mean, look at what look at what happened with the the eviction moratorium. Thank you. It's it's that was struck down immediately. Yep. I think what? Biden did it on a Tuesday or or Wednesday, and by Thursday that shit was struck down. Yep. I mean, you know, we have been so close to losing Obamacare. One lawsuit is all it takes, kids. No. Yeah. One fucking lawsuit. One. And, and yeah, they think it's a game. This is not a game. Women are about to have to go into back alleys to have abortions again. And 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 black maternity is it's already a very pressing issue for black women. They don't all, they already don't get the best care. Serena Williams almost Serena Williams, the 23 time Grand Slam champion in singles, 14 Grand Slams in doubles, two Grand Slams in mixed doubles, four four time Olympic gold medalist, millionaire, business owner. Serena Williams almost died giving birth because they didn't want to listen to her. They thought she was, you know, being extra. She knows her body. She has a history of having pulmonary embolisms. She had freaking blood clots that were about to, that were in her lungs. She was about to die. So if, if the most well-known female athlete in the world, a black woman is about to die giving childbirth, who do you think is gonna be greatly affected by this? Especially if they have complications with, 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 with pregnancies. I think about those young women that are going, that 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 may get raped by a family member after you know bring that child to full term. You know, I think about you know here in Texas with with that law, a lady. I think she had a um, so, or it might not have been here. I need to find this because I want to make sure I'm telling the truth. But I, I I feel I am. I think someone had a miscarriage. Yes, someone had a miscarriage, and was about to be prosecuted. Yeah, like she just got out of jail. Yeah. Like if you have a miscarriage, that's seen that is seen as you having an abortion and you yep. can be thrown in jail and prosecuted. She she was charged with um having an intentional abortion because yeah. she miscarried because somebody close to her mm -hmm. called the law. Yeah. And said that they didn't believe that she really miscarried. They believe that she had an abortion. That's, you know, what, that's what we're talking about. And you sit up here and you say you're not going to vote because you're not getting X. Come on now. Republicans, this has been 50 years in the making. What the fuck do you think you're going to get with Republicans in power? This has been 50 years, in, 50 years in the making. They didn't get everything they wanted every time they voted, but they continued to, you know, keep moving and keep voting until they got it yep they are very consistent and very disciplined you know because this is what republicans want this is what conservatives want mm -hmm. you know and what did they do they showed out mm -hmm. 
they showed up to vote consistently, consistently, you know, and, you know, yeah, you know, we we showed the fuck up in 2020 because the shit was not right. Yeah. You know, and we knew it wasn't right. We knew because, you know, most of us, the, those of us that knew knew because we were we were warned in 2016. We warned y'all in 2016, actually. That they're, you know, the one thing standing between us and the apocalypse was one person. Hillary Clinton. And, you know, some people couldn't be bothered. So they wrote in Harambe or Mm -hmm. they they didn't vote. Or or they voted for Jill Stein. Or they voted third party. And you know what? I want to I want to say something about that. Mm-hmm. OK, um, you know, voting third party is absolutely your constitutional right. Absolutely. As as a registered voter, you are you are allowed to vote third party. Your vote is your own, you know, whatever. However, mm. the United States of America, as it stands right now, without some serious constitutional amendments is now and for the foreseeable future, a two party system. You know, do, do I feel like this country would benefit from a multi-party system? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I let's, you know, we want to be the country that listens to, you know, of the people, by the people, for the people, you know, yes, let's, you know, let's bring some other parties into this. Let's, you know, expand what we've got, you know, but with Republicans and conservatives and, you know, the QAnon whack jobs being what they are, that's not going to happen anytime soon. Not in our lifetime, probably not in the next. No. You know, you, you have to operate with what you've got. This is what we've got. And right now it's not fucking much. No. It's hanging on by a thread and fucking white people. Y'all are being selfish and I've had it. I have fucking had it. Okay. You cannot keep depending on black voters to save our asses every fucking two years and every four years and every six years when, you know, there are midterms and presidential elections and Senate elections that, that come around. Stop it. Do the fucking work, okay? Stop waiting until we are a fucking pubic hair away from losing everything to decide that now you want to get out and protest and, you know, put on your little pink kitty cat hats and fucking, you know, be out in front of the Supreme Court in the middle of the night. The court justices don't live there, okay? If you want to march, march, protest, do it. Do it during the day when they're working, Thank you. Okay. If you want to piss off your ex, you don't show up to their job when they're off. No. You show up when they're there. Do the fucking work. Register some folks to vote. Okay. Take, take these people. If you live in a red state, take these people who are affected most by voter suppression, get them to their polling places. Thank you. It is the very fucking least we could do. If we don't get our shit together and we don't stop doing, start doing the work, and if we don't start helping out, this is all for nothing. Get off Twitter. Stop talking about the goddamn leak. That's not the important part. 
do the fucking work or shut up. I'm done. It's just, it's just crazy how, you know, people want other folks to do the work for them. Yeah. Even the elected officials that are in there, they want other people to do the work. I saw Elizabeth Warren. I saw people retweeting that and saying, oh my God, she's so passionate. Oh yes, this is what we need. Just 24 hours ago, she was talking about canceling fucking student loan debt. If, if you are an elected official and you are telling the president of the United States to do something that he has said he would do if a piece of legislation is brought to his desk, but you're saying he should do it by executive order. And I'm fucking looking at you, Elizabeth Warren, and I'm, I'm, I'm fucking looking at you, Bernie Sanders. What is the point of you? What is the point of you? What is the point of you being there? In the words of Jocelyn Hernandez from Love and Hip Hop and Jocelyn's, Jocelyn's Cabaret, <laughs> ho, why is you here, ho? <laughs> why are you here? <laughs> but you're right. Like, why are you here? Why are you doing, why are you feeling this job or in, in the capacity of this job, making $170,000 a year? What do we pay you for? You, you're, then leave. Retire. You know, give it, give it to somebody who is the next Lauren Underwood or the Thank next you. Chantel Brown or, or the next Hakeem Jeffries yeah. or, or, or the next Cory Booker or, you know, the next, the next Kamala Amy Harris, Klobuchar, Kamala Harris. Yes. Amy Klobuchar and Klobuchar and, and Kamala Harris gave an amazing speech tonight at, at, at the Emily, at Emily's list. Amazing. She was also someone that uh, Bernie Sanders called the establishment. Yes. So Emily's list that ensures that pro-choice Democrats become the nominees for their respective races. So Emily's list and Planned Parenthood, he called the establishment. And it's also important to note that when uh, Senator Sanders called Planned Parenthood the establishment, it was about nine months after a conservative walked into a Planned Parenthood and opened fire. You know what? With people yelling about Ruth Bader Ginsburg should have retired, Bernie Sanders should have retired in 2015. You know, these, these are the people who are saying, you know, who are coming out, oh, well, RBG should have retired. She should have hung up her cleats. Um, your, your mama, your mama should have hung up her cleats. But see, these these people have never once said that about a man in power. Never. It, you know, no one ever said William Rehnquist should have hung up his cleats. Nobody's saying Clarence Thomas should hang up his and 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 he needs to hang up his cleats. right. Like there, there's, there's in a, so in, much in a prison cell <laughs> there. Um, you know, these are the people who, you know, are the same ones that would share that shared in 2016, the uh, New York times articles that said, you know, Hillary Clinton was on death's door and they were saying, well, she needs to concede to Senator Sanders. And, you know, I, they always want the woman to concede. Yeah. Or step aside. No. 
and I'm gonna say this too: if men could get pregnant, Roe v. Wade would have been codified by now. Yep. <laughs> and also, if I, men could get pregnant, there would be a lot. Um, yeah. Yeah. I. I want. I want. I want so bad. Um, you know, and and there's only one person that that is petty enough to do this. Um, I would like to see um, Senator Klobuchar bring a bill to the floor mandating vasectomies. I would love to see that too. I would love to see it. Or bring a bill to the floor that actually outlaws Viagra. Yeah. It's, it's God's will. Yeah, it's God's will. If, if, it, if it can't get up no more, that's God's will. You don't need to use it no more if you can't get it up. It's God's yeah. will. That's simple. And also, um, Susan Sarandon, suck a sick dick and eat sugar honey iced tea. Because your ass was campaigning in Florida in 2000 against Al Gore. And your ass also said that Hillary Clinton was more dangerous than Donald Trump. And your ass also said that the election of Donald Trump, Donald Trump almost called him Dahmer, like Jeffrey Dahmer. I mean, <laughs> close enough. <laughs> um, the election of Donald Trump would bring about the revolution. Then you had your, you had the nerve to have your, your, your cooter touchers on Twitter talking about the majorities that Democrats have. The majorities that we have now that you worked very hard and feverishly to, to, to destroy you're not that good of an actress. You, 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 you suck. And you go to hell. Also, let's, since we're on the subject of Susan Sarandon, let's talk about the hypocrisy. Mm. Susan Sarandon, who had the unmitigated gall to say that Hillary Clinton was in the pocket of big pharma mm. while Susan Sarandon is collecting checks from Advil PM. Mm. That sounds like big pharma to me. Susan Sarandon, who had the unmitigated gall to talk about the foreign money pouring into Hillary Clinton's campaign while she's doing commercials for a United Arab Emirates airline. Hmm. Hypocrisy. Let me say this, Susan Sarandon. You're not going to hear this. And, you know, if by chance, you know, one of uh, your little lackeys is name searching you or has alerts set on Google, I, I hope you do hear this. Last night, you told... Um, those of us who you consider to be the establishment um, that we should get out from behind our keyboards and get our asses on the ground. Okay. I'll meet you there because all you do is yell at icons of the union. And, you know, we, we haven't forgotten you know, that cute little video of mm. you and Dolores Huerta. Mm. 
um, you know, we we haven't forgotten that little video of uh, you and all what's his fuck chuckling it up about mm. Donald Trump be- bringing uh, the revolution. Um, Chris Hayes. Chris Hayes. Thank and you. And his bitch ass. Um, I'll keep going because I got something for his bitch ass. Chris Hayes needs to shut the fuck up too. Mm. Um, but here's the thing, Susan. You are a white woman of influence. If you wanted true change in this country, you could use your money and influence to make it happen. Yet you don't. You trot yourself out anytime you feel like that people are starting to forget you. You are a has-been. Your last film was direct to video. No one fucking cares about you. Go away. You're not a political activist. You are just some actress that was in some movie that some people might have liked. It's over. Bye, bitch. Now let's talk about Chris Hayes's no chin having ass. So this bitch made man had the audacity to have his ass on Twitter in 2016 and said, and I quote, by the end of this, Donald Trump will be to the left of Hillary Clinton. That's what he said. And then he has the audacity and, and, and the balls to sit up here and say, basically, I don't know how any of this happened. I don't know what's going on. You helped it happen. You did it. You did it. <laughs> you caused this. You and your commentary and many people on MSNBC. I'm also looking at you, Rachel Maddow. Thank you. Looking at you, Rach. You all had a had had key moments in the run-up to the 2016 election where you all painted Hillary as this out-of-touch, horrible candidate, and you all praised Donald Trump. And then you all have the audacity and the nerve to sit up here and say, we don't understand how any of this happened. It's because of you. The media in this country is broken. Absolutely. The media is broken. The, the, the media is in the pockets of the Republicans. I, 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 feel it in my, I feel it in my spirit. They're in the pocket of the Republicans. Because let's be honest with you, there's really no liberal media because the media is owned by conservatives, conservative millionaires and billionaires that have these, you know, these agendas that are set to paint the Democrats to look irresponsible, weak, and out inept. of touch. Yeah. And inept and all that stuff, right? And once a Republican does something, they praise it. Oh my God, that's so... Case in point, Mitch McConnell, he is such a tactful... Um, politician he, he is he's just so smart no he's not he's a piece of shit <laughs> he's not savvy he's a piece of shit but y'all praise that yeah 
Trump said two sentences together, strung them together. Then you have Van Jones bitch ass. That was the most presidential I've ever seen anybody, blah, blah. Every 15 minutes. Every 15 minutes. Van Jones has his lips up Trump's ass. Still does. But it's, it's the, corp, the corpor, corporate media, because they are the corporate media, they are so far gone that all credibility is lost. All of it is lost. They, they sit there and salivate at the idea that our country is on the brink of collapse, that democracy could possibly be possibly be one election away from you know being no more. Yeah. They salivated that because at the end of the day, they'll be all right. Yeah. And you know what? While we're on this topic, let's let's bring bring this to you know our own doorstep. Okay. You know, the the media is so broken. The fourth estate is so broken that, you know, people are not turning to traditional news sources anymore. Mm -mm. And for that reason, you have these startup companies that are popping up all over the place. You know, even more specifically, it's the reason that you're listening to this podcast right now. Because, you know, maybe it's because you like Brandon and I. Um, I, I hope that's a big part of it. I mean, we are kind of cute. <laughs> right. Um, but, you know, it's also because you know that the media is not going to give you the, you know, whatever it is that, that you're looking for, um, you know be it a, a true perspective on what's happening or, you know, something like that. Like, you know, and yes, we opened this episode, you know, kind of blasting people for, you know, being in, in my DMs, basically um, complaining about what we put out. Um, and, you know, it, it comes, it comes back to this that, you know, we're we're not the mainstream media we we're independent media um you know am i saying that we should be held to a different standard no absolutely not you know because there are people who depend on us for for exactly this but you have to understand is that political media is not the only business that we're in um, you know, just to, just to tie that all together for, for, for those of you that are, that are still with us. Um, so can I, so here's an, here's the analogy. It's like, this is like entertainment tonight. Yes. Okay. This show here is like, um, and it's the press on crack, meet the press on crack, but guess what? We're actually degreed. Okay. Chuck Todd, do you have a degree? Not a one. I have a degree in political science and a master's in, in, in education. I got some shit floating around here somewhere. Yeah. Uh <laughs> I say that we're qualified to talk about politics. You know, and, you know, college degrees and whatever aside, 
<laughs> Brandon and I are qualified to talk about politics because we vote in every election. Every election. Every I've been, election. I've been voting in every election since I was 18. And I can tell you the very first election I voted in was the mayor of Houston. And the first person I ever voted for was Mayor Bill White in 2004. And ever since then, I've been voting in every election. Every election. Um, every single one. Um, my first election was, I believe it was a city council race, actually, um, in, in the town that I went to high school in. Um, somebody had retired and couldn't tell you who it is. Um, because I was 18 <laughs> years ago. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I can tell you, uh, that, uh, what made me politically involved is that, um, the Gore versus Bush presidential election happened the November before I turned 18. Um, but to, you know, kind of, again, tie all this together, um, I feel like everything that is happening and has happened, uh, is very much, um, bringing into focus how outdated, um, the electoral college is, um, you know, because had it had it not been for the Electoral College, um, G Dubs wouldn't have been president. No. Had it not been for the Electoral College, uh, Donald Trump would oh, not have been president. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Republicans have only won the popular vote like twice in the mm -hmm. last like eighty years, I think. Well, not, no, not eighty, but <laughs> since since nineteen. 89 they've won the popular yeah. vote twice yeah yeah and before um, that they were winning shit in landslides with reagan and yeah. nixon and yeah um but you know the the electoral college is um was basically a consolation prize uh for the confederacy mm-hmm um, because they did not want the more populated um, union states selecting their president. And, you know, since then, we have had this institution in place um, that has racist beginnings. Um, you know, it was used to placate slave owners. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's these racist voter suppression laws, um, these racist voter ID laws, uh, you know, they, they, they depend on the electoral college to keep conservatives in power because the backbone of the democratic party, uh, it makes it harder for black people to vote. Mm hmm because we vote consistently. And speaking of black people and keeping them from voting, Ron DeSantis in Florida basically has gotten rid of, I wanna say two black districts yeah. in the state. Yep. One of those districts is held by um, Val Demings who's running for Senate. 
who I believe will be the next senator from Florida. Um, So it's if they didn't want us to vote, they wouldn't work so hard to try to keep us from voting. There it is. Y'all don't get it. And I needed to finally click in your head. Yes, it needs to click. They wouldn't work so hard to keep us from voting because they know when we vote, we actually change the trajectory of the country. People for the follow, better. For the better. People follow our lead. There's a reason why people did not want to make a decision about the 2020, you know, um, outcome of the 2020 primary until Black people had a chance to vote in South mm-hmm. Carolina. Once Which is why we, Iowa should not open our primaries ever again. Ever again. If um, anything, they should have three diverse states in three different locations of the country. Yeah. Southern state, a Midwestern state, and maybe a state out West. Hell, make it four in the four different locations, out West, Midwest, Southern, and a, a Northeastern state. Yeah. And make that be the first, you know, primary. All we need are primaries. You don't need any more caucuses. No, I, and I, and I think caucuses are done. Um, but they're done. <laughs> they're done. They're done. Um, you know, as and and not only for the fact that you know Iowa is not representative of the the population of Iowa is not representative of the makeup of our party, um, it's not healthy that that state's economy hinges on the the primaries opening there that's like like that's an issue that's very concerning to me that gives me pause yeah like the the economy of of a whole ass state hinges on an event that happens once every four years mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense it's it smells of corruption. It, it um, does. It gives me like those backroom deals that yeah. used to occur back in the early 20th century when yeah. they would say, you know what, this is who the nominee is going to be, blah, blah, blah. It, it gives me that. Um, not, not that we're saying that, that you know, you, anyone currently <laughs> is involved in anything no. like that. You know, not, not the, the state no. government of Iowa or anything no. like that. Um, it just like, it doesn't, it feels like a conflict of interest. It does. It's outdated. It's an outdated process Yeah, that um, needs to modernize and, it, and move again. Caucuses are done. They're done. They're done. So that basically means that, um, Sanders's chances of ever, <laughs> mm. 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 uh, it should honestly it should be done like it should rotate it should yeah. rotate every year like there are there are 50 states rotate it through the fucking states you you're absolutely right like that's like the super bowl changes to different yeah, states every year the super bowl the you know the D, the, um, the dnc the dnc uh the the vmas mm-hmm. so the VMAs Which, are going to be in New Jersey this year. Ew. Yeah, that's weird. Anyway, 
I saw that I was looking for something uh, last night while while we were uh, recording and I, I stumbled upon that. I was like, that is that is bizarre. Um, what, what venue? I, I don't know, mm. like a 7-Eleven or some shit. Um, <laughs> Get your Slurpee. <laughs> it's a Slurpee dome. Um, yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, but they it should rotate. Like whatever yeah. city that the DNC is going to be in, that state should be first, probably. Yeah, you know, I like I that. Just, that. I mean, that could. Again, you and I should be you know, making things happen. Yeah. I'm just saying. We should but, we um, should run for co-chairs of the DNC. We should. Not that Jamie Harrison is not doing a fantastic job. He's doing a job. phenomenal job because his uh, combat game is impeccable. Yeah. Like, he drags people and he actually... I did not like the fact that when he was on um, Cross Connection that when he talked about all the things that Democrats were doing, Tiffany Cross immediately said, well, what about student loans? Yeah. Tiffany, come on, Stop. ma'am. See, that's something else. Okay, let's let's talk about that. Um, you know, we've fuck it, we've gone over time. Anyway, um student student loans. Um, yes, I understand the impact um that they have on on some people. I have them. Um, <laughs> Brandon's Brandon's got them. Um, but in you know, the first two years of a new administration, that's not the priority. No, it's not. Um, you know, we have, you know, about about six years left of this administration. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, so we do, we've got six years to get there yes. and and they will get there. Yes. Um, if. And- if you've been paying attention, President Biden is chipping away at it slowly with everything that's within his power to do. Mm-hmm. Like he's chipping, like these people are getting relieved of it. And, and then, then this, these people, and then these yeah. people, and it's like, slowly, it, it's. He's getting there, y'all. He's getting there. But right now, in, in, in this moment, in, in a midterm year, voting rights is the priority. Thank you safe, equitable access to reproductive health is a priority. priority. You know, nobody, nobody is saying that you, you shouldn't ask for student debt relief. Like, you know, ask, ask for what you want. That's a good demand. That is, that's a reasonable demand. You know, that's a reasonable ask, but don't sit here and try to convince people not to vote because you're not getting it the way that you want want to get it me personally i think that you know the the interest should be zeroed out for everybody that's had a student loan and if you paid yours off then guess what you should receive a refund from the government on the interest that you paid yes i think that's reasonable right i think that's fair that's very fair and that's going to cut a lot of people's um student loan debt in half in some cases because a lot of it is the accruing of interest yeah. And then if you're in a public service job, such as education or in the hospitals or even sanitation, if you, you know, done some, some college there, you know, then you should possibly also receive another piece of your relief <clears throat> of debt relief for student loans. But it should also be means tested. Yeah. Um, what, it, what it boils down to is that there 
there are people who anytime Democrats have just an inkling of power, uh, prioritize their needs over other things that should be a priority. Um, we, and it's, and it's white people, it's white people. Every time, every problem in this country can be traced back to white people. And there's some of us um, black people falling along with the white people that's trying to be a pick me. I'm just saying, but yeah. you know, it's stop, stop being selfish. Thank you. Stop being selfish. Like right now, it's not the time to be selfish. Right now, it's the time to be very community oriented. Yes, because like, we have to think about the greater whole. Yeah, and just like just like we warned people in 2016, we we are going to sound the same alarm when when it's not if when because we're there. When Roe v. Wade is struck down by the courts, because it's coming mm-hmm. by, by June at the latest. Yes. People are going to die. That is where we're at. We're not fear mongering. We're not using scare tactics or anything like that. Like this is where we're at. People are going to die. Because, because people, people died previously prior to Roe v. Wade becoming the law of the land. Yeah, they were we are, dying. We are referencing historic precedent. Like people are going to die. And it's going to be people of color, black people, disabled people, mm-hmm. trans people. Yes. You know, the victims of rape, the victims of incest. These people are going to die because you were selfish. Mm-hmm. He's not forgiving Matthew to know, so I'm not gonna vote at all. Fuck you. You know, there are there are going to be in you know the next few months, there are going to be people who find out how little they matter to the people in their lives because of this. And it's it's not going to be pretty. Mm-mm. And it's it's gonna be very jarring for them and it's gonna really shake them to their core. But it's going to be a wake-up call. Yeah. And there's going to be a moment where you're going to have to cut off people that you thought would be in your life forever. There are family members that I refuse to talk to that voted for Trump in 2016. There Can't, are, do Can't do it. I'm sorry. There are, there are, I have family members who I will not be in the same room with. They, they can't say shit to me about nothing. Nope. Mm-mm. Well, that's family. And you just, no. Fuck it. Mm -mm. Fuck the family. That's right. (laughs) I let the family in my house and the family fucked my husband. Mm -hmm. Faith fucked my husband. The family fucked over America. That's right. (laughs) You know, so I just. And that's an important point because, you know, it was it was said in 2016. You know, we are going to have to have the hard conversations. Yes. And, and by we, I mean, white people are going to have to have the hard conversations. And we, as white people, did not. And for four years, this country paid for it. Yeah. And I don't know if my, y'all are afraid. Not you, Greg, but I know you'll have the hard conversation. You, you, you just tell it like it is. But I don't know if it's, you know, are, are they afraid to talk about it or 
do they not want to rock the boat or are they in agreement with their family members and only want to be seen as different from them on social media or when they're confronted publicly you know yes it's all, all of the above. Okay. Yes. Um, and you know, we're, we're, we're very much noticing it on, uh, you know, social media right now, um, especially on Twitter, uh, you know, because it is as, as it does anytime, uh, reproductive health comes up, um, you know, it is being pointed out, uh, the majorities of white women in 2016 and 2020 who voted for Trump. And, you know, you can tell the, the white women and, and some white gay men and some white straight men um, who are performative in their allyship uh, because they will be the first ones to hop into your mentions and say, not all white women, uh, don't lump all of us together because you may need us someday. Fuck you. You're the problem. That's it right there. Like don't ever hop in a black person's mentions when they say, well, the 53% of white women voted for Trump in 2016 and then 55% voted for him in 2020. And then don't dare say, well, not all white women. First of all, we didn't say all white women. We said 53% and 55% of white women that voted, voted for Trump. And if it didn't apply to you, you wouldn't feel the need to comment. <clears throat> Move because around. I, I see shit on Twitter all the time. That, that, you know, is critical of white people. I don't comment because I know it doesn't apply to me. Yeah. Ain't got shit to do with me. I said, oh, mm, they ain't got nothing to do with me. Yeah. You, you, scrolling is free. Like, if it doesn't apply to you, don't comment on it. That's the problem. People don't mind their business. And then when we need you to mind, when we need you not to mind your business, then you you're, you're mute. You're like Helen Keller, blind and mute to the bullshit. Yeah. You know, and it's also these white people who are the first to jump in. Not all white people, you know, or what about the black people that voted for Trump with BLM in their bios? Well, and guess what? We black folks call them out all the time. Yeah. Like all the like, time, sweep your own house before you start telling anybody else how to handle shit. Um, and, and our numbers were only like six to ten percent, six yeah. to ten. That's six to ten percent. Yeah, you know there there are there are two places that you can stay for free in your business and in your lane. Thank you. Oh. Well, breaking news out of Michigan, uh, Robert Reagan, the Michigan Republican who said he would tell his daughters if rape is inevitable, you should just lie back and enjoy it. He just lost his seat in a Trump district, um, in a district that Trump cared about 16 points to Democrat, um, what's her name, um, Carol Glanville. So this is a oh, big right. pickup for Michigan's House District number 74. So right. Democrats flipped a House District, a State House District in Michigan. Isn't yeah. that something? How about that? Congratulations. Mm -hmm. See, Which it, I, I, have a, I have a funny feeling and a sneaky suspicion that the media are going to look sour-faced on election night in November mm -hmm. because they have this, this inevitable idea that Republicans are going to regain the House and the Senate. And I don't think that's going to happen. 
I don't either. And, you know, it's, you know, the race that you just mentioned, I can guarantee it will not be mentioned tomorrow by any of the big media outlets. Um, you know, and it's, I, I've, oh, I remember what I was going to say. I lost my train of thought for a minute. Um, it's, it's important, you know, that, you know, we all, we all joke that we're, we're tired of living through once in a lifetime, um, events once a year. Um, but it's, it's also important to note that, um, you know, it shouldn't take us coming to almost the brink to realize that, you know, you've got to, you've got to vote, you know, like we said earlier, yeah, it would be great if we had a multi-party system. It would, it would be fantastic. Um, you know, it, it would probably do great things for this country. Um, but for right now we have to operate within the parameters that we're given. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying you can't vote third party, like your vote is your own. It is, it is your right. It is enshrined in the constitution. But be smart about how you're but, voting. Yes. Please, That's, please be smart about it. Be smart, be strategic. Like it's probably easier to vote third party at the local level mm-hmm. than at the national level. We two party or two opposing sides has been very American since the beginning of America. You had the Patriots and the Loyalists during the American Revolution. Yeah. And then when we actually began to form our government in a new nation, then we you had, had the Patriots the, and the Cowboys. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But then we had the Federalists and the Anti-Federalists, you know, yeah. and, and that was big for a very long time. You know, and then we had the Democrat Republicans and then we had the Whigs and then the Whigs went away and then the Democrats just became Democrat Republicans just became the Democrats. And then, you know, the Republican Party came along and so on and so forth. So we've always had this these two opposing sides in this country. And that's how we have operated. We don't have a parliamentary system where members of parliament build coalitions and that their leader comes out of that body. We don't have that here and we will never have that here probably unless you totally change the constitution yes and and as it stands right now that ain't gonna happen that's not gonna happen so so protest voting is stupid especially right now especially now it's very selfish it's stupid it's not productive yeah because if it really made if protest voting really worked then guess what? <laughs> All the initiatives that you on the far left were pushing, they would be enacted by now. But they're not enacted right now because guess what? Your protest votes don't work. So if, if, you, if you take um, nothing else from uh, this episode, uh, I, I hope that you will um when you're done listening uh you will you will check your voter registration um because we are we are elbow deep in primary season uh primaries are happening every week um every day uh you know so check your registration check it often um if you've moved 
make sure that your address is correct. Um, you know, if if you need some sort of ID to vote, please make sure you've got that. Um, and there are there are organizations out there that will help you to um, get to places that you need to get those pieces of identification. Um, and they will; those are the same organizations that will get you to your polling places. Um, if you need help getting to a polling place or anything like that, reach out to help for help. Um, you know, reach out to somebody on social media. Um, they can they can probably connect you to. Um, who you need to talk to, uh, reach out to your, your local Democratic Party, uh, and they can, they usually have a list of who, um, who does that. Um, all that being said, uh, we, we appreciate you uh, joining us for this episode. If, if you, if you enjoyed it, uh, you know, leave us, leave us a, a five-star review, uh, tell us what you thought in, in the comments. Um, cause the more you do that, the more we can do this and so on and so forth. And, you know, until, until Brandon finally gets to have sex with Sherman Helmsley as he's been dreaming of since he was five. Um, <laughs> oh, and go have sex with Fox Robin Hood. What? <laughs> I, I, I know I said it. I, I. I own that. Um, also, uh, the 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 new hottie of the week poll uh, is it's it's either up now or it will be up in in a little while, um, depending uh, on on what I've got time to do. Um, so if you want to vote in that, uh, follow us on uh, Twitter at the joyful elite T H double E J O Y F U L. E-L-I-T-E, or you can uh, follow us on Instagram. Uh, just, I think it's Coastal Elites Podcast is is our at there. Um, so yeah, uh, Brendan, this has been this has been fun. We we rescheduled this like seventy five times. I know um, it's been <laughs> it's been busy busy week already, and it's only Tuesday. God damn it, it's only Tuesday. Um, when we record, so like, yeah, it'll be Thursday when you all listen to it. But right it's, now it's Tuesday. It's Thursday now. Uh, it's we're you're in the future. We're in the past. Yes. Um, you know, I the it's the day after the Met Gala. I've I've been cussed out via email. Uh, <laughs> you know, starting the week off right. Uh, you know, but you know what, you people who emailed me, I appreciate you that you took the time to look up that email. Yes. Um, because that took some digging because that shit's just not out everywhere they were um, adamant about <laughs> y'all had some shit to say and you um, were better than me because the first my response would have been first of all your mother <laughs> <laughs> second of all your bald-headed mother um i i, I didn't reply to any of the messages oh, okay. i just you know I, I i came tonight with my statement i said what i needed to say and you know if you know, check out check out uh, the the controversial Met Gala crossover episode of It's Like This and Unapologetically She out now. Um, check out It's Like This out every Monday. That's me and Brandon and Elian. Yes. Um, let's see. It is it is Tuesday, so a new episode of Unapologetically She is out today. Um, 
but this will air on Thursday. Uh, so the season two finale of my other show, Your Life's a Mixtape, is out now. Um, I would I would appreciate if you listen to that. Um, our friend Jose is on it. Um, if you know Jose, uh, he is fine. That is a fine man. God damn. Uh, I, mm. Um, um, almost says, mm. Mm. yeah. <laughs> um, let's see, you're listening to this on Thursday, so tomorrow is Friday. Uh, that means an all new episode of uh, Voice Memos podcast with Myron and Jen uh, is out. You should check that out. Uh, I, um, I love them, <laughs> I do, I do too. They and are fucking hilarious um and this episode i um i do the editing on their show um so i i get to hear it um before it goes out um and i i put it together last night or this <laughs> afternoon um and it's this is this is the best episode so far um and they have uh, nowhere to go but up they are incredibly popular in the uk um, so shout out, shout out to the people of the UK who are loving Myron and Jen. Um, this show, uh, sh- shout out to the people of Brazil. Um, hi, y'all, y'all are, y'all are loving this show. Um, I love the Brazilians. They're beautiful yeah. people and free and just, yes. Yeah. Um, I, I was, I was checking numbers today and looking like, 35% of our listenership is in Brazil. So um, yes. shout out, shout out to Brazil. Um, maybe, maybe we should go to carnival. That would be fun. I, I need to get this body right. <laughs> <laughs>